This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The very first thing we need to do is rescue the American hostages. Secondly, the leader of Hamas is reported to be sitting in a five-star hotel, cheering. President Biden should demand his extradition now. Third, the United States must reinstate the maximum pressure campaign against Iran. Fourth, we must focus on our own security. This just wasn't a failure in Israel on their intelligence community. It was ours as well. Fifth, as we look inward, we must confront anti-Semitism in the United States. Do not let anti-Semitism grow. Confront it and deny it. Condemn it. Welcome to the War Room. It's Natalie Winters hosting, filling in for Stephen K. Bannon. The world is on fire, but don't worry. We are here to give you the signal and not the noise, because there is certainly... A lot of the noise going around what you just saw, if you want to get into Signal within the first 10 seconds of the show, that is a video that Kevin McCarthy put out on his Twitter not too long ago. And I want to get into some stuff and really unpack it. Not only is he continuing to LARP, that is short for live action role play, as the Speaker of the House, I'm pretty sure that we, I use the royal we speaking on behalf of the War Room Posse, deposed you last week as Speaker of the House. Maybe you should go back to last week when you were reconsidering maybe potentially stepping down from Congress in your entirety. I, I like that version of Kevin McCarthy. Much better, I also have to say. He's still tweeting from the handle at Speaker McCarthy, just putting it out there. Just wondering when you're going to change that, because last time I checked, you're no longer Speaker of the House. But there's a really interesting word that was missing from that little clip that we just played. And do you know what that word is? Border. Specifically, America's border. Now, what I want the studio to do is throw up his tweet. Now, if you can see, right... He he outlines what America's priorities should be going forward. Now, number one, which I think we can all agree with, is rescue all American hostages. Yes, of course. Number two, provide full support for our ally Israel. Number three, confront Iran in the new axis of evil. And number four, focus on securing our own open border. Now, I don't know about you guys, but maybe they don't understand how numbers work in the McCarthy office, no longer, of course, the speaker's office. But number four should be the top priority, of course, along with rescuing American hostages. But this is just a perfect example of why we deposed Kevin McCarthy in the first place. It's what Steve's been talking about, I think, since this show, since even last weekend when all the craziness started to unfold in the Middle East. Our priority is America. Our priority is America's southern border. And by the way, the fact you know that that clip that I just played, that there's a, a lot of signal and not noise going on there, he doesn't even say border in the clip. He doesn't even mention it. But his comms team is so scared, as they should be, 
of the War Room Posse, of the MAGA movement, that we forced them, of course, it was still number four on the priorities list, but to putting it in the text of the tweet. Now, we know why they want Kevin McCarthy to be speaker again. They want someone who is, you know, tried and tested, someone who is just a conduit for the special interests. They see crisis brewing and they know they got to have a, you know, mini Lindsey Graham type, someone who's already on Fox News calling for us to bomb Iran in office so they can maximize their profits. But that's not going to happen. We are not going to reinstate Kevin McCarthy as speaker because you guys are, of course, going to be calling all your representatives this week to make sure that doesn't happen. I think. It's fair to say the only accomplishment that Kevin McCarthy really ever had in his reign, his dictatorial reign, even though they didn't really do anything, uh, as Speaker of the House was the fact that we removed him. Uh, that's really, I think, the unifying issue in America right now. There's polling out showing that the majority of Mer- Americans actually support his removal, not just conservatives, but America writ large. So all of that to say, Congressman not speaker. I think you need to change your Twitter handle. Um, joining us shortly is, how's that for a start to the show? Steve's been ranting a lot more, so I like to, to give it my best. Um, but, you know, when we say it's intentional and it's not incompetence, when you look at the fact that our strategic petroleum reserves have been drained amidst all this chaos, meanwhile, Joe Biden doesn't even have enough energy to work past 12 for the last two days, even though he did have a barbecue last night as Americans are being held hostage and the world was going up in flames. How's that for priorities? He's seemed to find time to, stri- to drain our strategic petroleum reserve. EJ Antonio, I think we have you and I think we have a very nice chart showing this. Well, it's not a very nice chart, a very scary chart. Um, but EJ, if you could walk us through the ramifications financially, but also just from an energy perspective, um, amidst what could potentially be a, another kind of Middle East war scenario, we don't know yet, um, what that is going to look like for Americans. Certainly. Well, Natalie, thank you for having me. And I promise one of these times we're actually going to have something good to talk about. But what we've seen under the Biden administration in in terms of energy has been a a complete throttling of domestic production, an increased reliance on foreign sources of of fuel, particularly bad actors like Iran. And what have we done here at home in terms of our own stockpiles? Well, we've been diminishing them. Almost immediately after Biden took office, he began uh, draining the strategic petroleum reserve. And as inflation kicked into high gear, he kicked the draining of the reserve into high gear as well as a means to artificially keep down uh, the very prices that he was helping to push up. And while you can see by that chart, more recently, those drains have really slowed and altogether stopped. But the problem is that we're still not producing enough here at home. And so private stockpiles are now being drained instead of the government's reserve being drained. So we haven't by any means fixed the problem at all. We are still consuming more than we produce, and we are still uh, continuing to drain our stockpiles. It's gotten so bad now, Natalie, that we don't even have uh, the month's supply that we like to have in case of an emergency. We're down to between two and three weeks right now. So essentially, we do not have enough oil reserve to currently meet a crisis. And then you have people uh, like like Senator Lindsey Graham out there who's advocating that we just go ahead and bomb the Iranian oil industry. Thank you, Senator. That's a great way to get oil to go to $300 a barrel tomorrow. 
Can you walk us through that? Because I think that Lindsey Graham clip on Fox, I wish we had it and I'd I'd play it. But it's very telling of where these these people want to go with this conflict. They want to turn it into another forever war, at least for their special interests and donors. But I, I think if if I'm not mistaken, it's about 17 days that, that we could last with our strategic petroleum reserves with the levels that they're at now. In your opinion, and, and please feel free to get into some of the new jobs numbers that are coming out now, too, but when we talk about this intentional versus incompetence debate, um, is there really any justification for draining these reserves? Again, considering that in the context of canceling the Keystone pipeline um, and a bunch of other moves that could only be described as just a full-on, full-scale assault of American energy. Well, if I can take the economist hat off for a moment and, and become a pure cynic, <laughs> I'd say the motivation uh, and the reasoning was it was an election year last year. And so we had to bring inflation down and right quick. And an easy way to do that is by bringing down energy prices. And an easy way to do that is by flooding the market uh, with oil. And what's really, really sad is that a lot of that reserve actually didn't even stay here at home and ended up getting shipped overseas uh, to the CCP. And so we were essentially subsidizing Chinese energy. And now what, are, what do we have today? Well, we, we drained a reserve uh, that was bought at about $90 a barrel or so on average. And now we're going to end up refilling it with oil that's 95 or higher. So Joe Biden has managed to lose money on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, unfortunately. And I think we're going to have the Lindsey Graham clip momentarily. Um, but EJ, last last question before we let you go. I think we might have some moving around when it comes to our guests, but we will we will roll with it. Um, from the perspective of what Lindsey Graham said, obviously we don't support bombing Iran. Um, but it really seems like Joe Biden has sort of taken away a lot of our leverage on the global stage, right? We are, of course, relying on a lot of these countries for for oil. Do you think the Biden regime would ever get to a point just like they sort of did a one a 180 on the border wall, right, where they were forced to admit that walls do work and that we're going to start pursuing building them. Um, could you ever see them potentially reversing course on the green energy stuff um, on you know, oil, American energy dominance, or do you think they are too far down the uh, climate change cult to ever do a 180 or, or even a 90 degree turn would probably help? Oh, goodness, Natalie, they seem to be so in hoc to the green energy lobby. Green, of course, in, in quotes there, since we know it's not actually about environmentalism or keeping the environment clean or safe or anything like that. It's about making money for the special interests, and it does a very good job at that. Uh, but I think they are so in hoc to that lobby that I'm not sure they can afford to abandon that because it would mean giving up a tremendous amount of campaign contributions. It would be a heck of a lot easier for them uh, to goose the economy with additional military spending, for example, on a, a fake war or a real war, either one. That would probably be a more realistic path that we could expect from this administration, especially in the kind of faltering economy that we have right now. EJ, if people want to stay up to date with all of your analysis, where can they find you on social media? Best place to find me is on X. The handle is at real EJ Antoni. And Denver, if we can, I think we're going to play a Millie clip to tee up our next guest. General Milley did tell us he was so disillusioned with the former president's actions, he nearly resigned. 
Instead, according to former Defense Secretary Mark Esper, he and the general made a pact to protect the military from becoming politicized or misused. It's also been reported that you spent several days, several drafts of resignation letters. That's right. I was very struck by the one that was published, in which you said to the president, it is my deeply held belief that you are ruining the international order, causing significant damage to our country overseas that was fought so hard by the greatest generation in 1945. That generation has fought against fascism, has fought against Nazism, has fought against extremism. It's now obvious to me that you don't understand that world order. You don't think Donald Trump understood what World War II was fought over? I don't know what uh, President, former President Trump uh, understood about World War II or, 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 or anything else. Uh, I, I can tell you that from 1914 to 1945, 150 million people or thereabouts were slaughtered in the conduct of Great Power War. And in 1945, the United States took the initiative and drafted up a set of rules that govern the world to this day. Those rules are under stress internationally. President Putin is a direct frontal assault on those rules. Uh, China is trying to revise those rules to their own benefit. But that's one thing to say that China is threatening that world order and Russia is threatening that world order. To say that the commander-in-chief, Donald Trump, was ruining the international order and causing significant damage. What did you see that caused you to write that? I, th I would say that- It's gotta be more than walking into Lafayette Square in uniform. There was a wide variety of initiatives that were ongoing. One of them, of course, was withdrawing troops out of NATO. Those were initiatives that placed at risk, um, you know, I think, America's role in the world. Now, that is uh, the opposite of uh, what my parents and, and uh, 18 million others wore the uniform for World War II to defeat. I forgot when we held an election to elect Mark Milley, the decider of what America's foreign policy should be and what represents the international consensus of what the world order should look like. But that's basically what he just admitted to, I would argue, rather treasonously on air, admitting that he had a pact with Mark Esper saying that we would not implement the agenda of the duly elected commander-in-chief Donald J. Trump. It sort of harkens me back to the days of the first impeachment of Donald J. Trump when you had all those witnesses saying, well, President Trump strayed from the Washington consensus on how we approached foreign affairs, and that's why he deserves to be impeached. Well, good riddance to the Washington consensus, consensus of how we conduct foreign affairs, because if there's no better example of that... Didn't work too well. And by the way, while Millie was out on his little ego-driven media tour for the last three weeks, that was when Hamas and Iran were finalizing their plans to attack Israel while we were busy focused on, like I said, Mark Millie's media tour, climate change, and probably arresting the next MAGA grandma. Uh, we got Joe Kent, Todd Bensman, Ben Burkwam, so many more joining us to talk about all things about how the world is on fire. Question, who protects the troops who protect us? Well, we will. Imagine you're serving halfway around the world and you learn the title to your home, that legal document that proves it's actually yours has been forged. And it's not in your name anymore. But we can't let that happen and we won't let it happen. Home title theft is a clear and present danger for all homeowners. And that's why I trust Home Title Lock. And now, Home Title Lock is protecting those who protect us and giving back. For every subscription you purchase, 
from Home Title Act. They'll donate one year of free service to a military family in your name. Our troops deserve the peace of mind in knowing that while they protect us, Home Title Lock protects their most valuable asset. We all need to protect the title to our homes. I'll share updates, but for now, please join me. Protect your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon and use promo code Bannon. And when you do, they'll protect the home of a service member in your name. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. Do this for the troops. Do it today. Use your agency. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, for every Israeli or American hostage executed uh, by Hamas, we should uh, take down an Iranian oil refinery. The only way you're going to keep this war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable. How much more death and destruction do we have to take from the Iranian regime? I am confident this was planned and funded by the Iranians. Hamas is a bunch of animals uh, who deserve to be treated like animals. So if I was Israel, I would go in on the ground. There is no truce to be had here. I would dismantle Hamas. This is the best opportunity Israel has to destroy Hamas. Take it to the Iranians. If you harm one American in Syria by using your Iranian militia against us in Syria, if you escalate the war by urging Hezbollah to attack Israel in the north, if Hamas kills one American and Israeli hostage, we're going to blow up your oil refineries and put you out of business. It is now time to take the war to the Ayatollah's backyard. Your neocon is showing, Senator Graham. You know, it's so funny. I've never heard people in Washington, D.C. talk so harshly or toughly on the cartels in Mexico, on the Mexican government, on, on anyone who's perpetrating the invasion at the southern border. But as soon as we talk about a border in another country, whether it's Ukraine or take your pick, then, oh, all of a sudden, then we got to start bombing and we got to start. I guess we should just I guess bombing is too euphemistic a term. We got to start uh, upping the profits of the military defense contracting industry. Right. Uh, I think someone that we have joining us, I think we got Joe Kent. You know, I've seen the phrase weakness invites aggression going around a lot on Twitter these past few days. But I honestly don't agree with that, at least through the paradigm of the Biden regime, because I think what we're dealing with is intentional weakness inviting or rather welcoming aggression. And I think that's very applicable in the case of the Biden regime, $6 billion to Iran just a few days before they attack Israel. I'm sure no conspiracies, no coincidences. Um, but Joe Kent, I would love to get your thoughts on what happened in Israel, specifically through the lens of, you know, intel failures in the West. Do you think like they were talking about uh, on today's show earlier with Kash Patel that we're just too focused on climate change and DEI and arresting, you know, MAGA and podcast hosts? Um, or do you think we genuinely missed this? Do you think there's something more nefarious going on? What is your assessment, sir? Yeah, look, uh, leadership 
drives the priorities and they drive the focus of an organization. And when Biden tells his national security apparatus that he's concerned with climate change and that the number one threat to the United States of America is, you know, uh, those nasty Trump supporters, those deplorables, then the apparatus is going to prioritize based off that guidance. That's just the way big organizations work. That's the way the government works. So the fact that we are not focused on these legitimate threats, and it actually doesn't surprise me. So the fact that this, this very well could be a just deliberate intelligence screw up, it's kind of hard to believe until you think about what Biden's been up to for the last three years and the incompetency that he has been rewarding. And not to mention, we, we talk a lot about the military and the recruiting crisis they're going through and how they've been hemorrhaging talent. The intelligence community is the same way. I, I spent some time in the CIA as a paramilitary operations officer, and I know a lot of guys who really cut their teeth in the Middle East uh, during the war on terror who know that region very well. They've left under the Biden administration, too. And so you're, you're not exactly getting your best folks that are monitoring these very complex and dangerous situations. Well, speaking of not getting our best folks, uh, they certainly weren't sending their best when Mark Milley became uh, chairman of the Joint Chief of Chiefs of Staff. Um, we played that clip from the 60 Minutes interview um, in the last block. Um, I'd love to just get your your thoughts. I don't know if you had the chance to see the clip or, or watch the interview, but it really harkens back to, I think, what we were talking about, which has to do with sort of, you know, for lack of a better uh, analysis, or, uh, Example, the first impeachment of Donald J. Trump, where you saw these unelected bureaucrats having their own idea of what foreign policy should look like, right? The Washington consensus and being mad that the MAGA movement actively seeks to subvert it because it doesn't work empirically. And we're seeing that on full display right now. So when you talk about, you know, leadership failures, what do you think? What's sort of your take on on the Millie 60 Minutes tour? And, of course, the curious timing with all of this uh chaos unfolding in the Middle East right now. Meanwhile, we've got Mark Milley, you know, pumping himself on the mainstream media. Really, in, in this generation of general officers, number one, they're, they're hyper-politicized. Uh, they've been emboldened to think they don't need to listen to a commander-in-chief. Uh, but then also, they, they've really just been rewarded for nonstop failure and becoming just political operatives, which is insane. I spent 20 years in the military, and I never once uh, had the inclination or the thought that it would be appropriate or legal for me to go have a you know discussion with a reporter about my opinions on the commander-in-chief. And Millie, as we now know, he took this, I mean, multiple steps further, and he was having private conversations with leaders of the Chinese Communist Party's military saying, hey, don't worry. I promise if anything looks like it's going to go sideways for you guys, I'll give you a heads up. Like I said, I spent some time in the intelligence community, too. And one of the first things you do when you have a, a liaison relationship with a foreign um, official is you try to get them to exceed their brief. You try to get them to give you a little bit more information than they're supposed to because you have such a good relationship or maybe because you figured out that uh, that military leader doesn't like the president that he's working for. And the way that Millie described this, that's exactly what it sounds like to me. So it's completely inappropriate that Millie's talking as a uniformed military officer, which he was at the time when he was giving these interviews. But what I think is potentially illegal was the fact that he was having off-record discussions, clearly exceeding his brief with leaders of the Chinese Communist Party. And like you said, during the first Trump impeachment, we saw folks like Vindemann 
and say things like, well, the president of the United States was going against the policy of the United States. And so we really kind of saw, you know, behind the curtain with that regard. But with Millie, I think it's it's far more dangerous and, and far more sinister and just really paints to uh, the hard work we have ahead of us when President Trump returns to the White House of really just taking back control of our government and beating this horrible administrative state and getting control of our country again. Yeah, I don't know if uh, understanding white rage is going to help anyone uh, defeat Hamas. That's just just my take. Millie may disagree, I'm sure, from his probably new, you know, CNN contributorship. Or maybe we won't demote him there, maybe MSNBC. Um, but before we let you go, I want to ask you a question because there's some interesting stories. Again, signal, not noise. Uh, obviously, what's going on in the Middle East is important. But, of course, Ukraine is still on the forefront of our minds because not because we need to give them any more money, but because of the money laundering operation that we know is going on there. And there's an interesting story out in the Telegraph not too long ago talking about how Joe Biden is going to try to ram through, I believe, without congressional approval, a um, hundred billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. And I want to read a quote from the piece. Um, the big package idea is firmly supported by many throughout the administration. Uh, supporters of Ukraine want this to be a one and done big bill and then not have to deal with it until after the next election. In other words, they're cagey because they know the American people and at least the House is opposed to Ukraine aid. Right. Zelensky's uh, sort of on his his last leg when it comes to getting taxpayer dollars. So instead of trying to make the people's house or actually get aid justifiably, uh, they just want to ram it through the White House in one big, you know, sort of omnibus package. I thought we don't like CRs and omnibuses here in the war room, but it seems like they just want to give Ukraine a hundred billion dollars, no audits, no Nothing. Just give them the money. Who knows what it's going to? Your thoughts, sir. If we let them, they will 100% do this and they will send as much money over there as they possibly can. Because as you've reported on extensively, and as I think most people can see clearly now, this is a massive money laundering operation. This is not benefiting Ukrainians. Ukrainians are being sent off into the slaughterhouse. We are continuing to escalate towards World War III. And the only folks that are benefiting is defense contractors and their mansions along the Potomac. So yeah, of course, the Biden administration going into an election year, they're going to attempt to jam this through so that they can say, hey, we did everything we can for, for Ukraine. We're still supporting them, but without the congressional oversight. And look, they know they don't want this going before Congress because this is the, the uh, desire for the American people to send billions of dollars over to Ukraine. That is waning as the days go on. We finally got the majority of Republicans on board with us. And I think the Democrats aren't too much further behind, especially in an election year. So if we let Biden get away with this, he will 100% do it. This is where Congress has really got to come together. I think the Republicans need to unify and they need to get serious about holding this administration accountable, whether it's impeachment or whether it's using the power of the purse strings, what limited power we still have to say you absolutely will not send $100 billion over there. Another thing I've heard is that uh, Biden wants to put any kind of support uh, for Israel on par with Ukraine. So we have to, again, do some form of an omnibus massive bill, you know, again, holding Israel hostage while Hamas holds American citizens hostage. We, we can't let Biden get away with this. We've got to have real competent leadership there that's ready to hold that administration accountable. Uh, otherwise, they're going to continue to send billions overseas while our borders are wide open right here and it will continue to be America last. And that is why we so desperately need you and Congress. If the posse wants to help out, contribute, support all the things, where can they go to do that? And of course, follow you and stay up to date with your analysis on uh, 
all things, everything. I was going to say Ukraine, but really everything is the world bursts into flames. Yeah, please go to JoeKentForCongress.com. Any kind of donation you can give greatly assists me. I'm up against the Democrat war machine. So JoeKentForCongress.com is the place to make any kind of contribution. Uh, all my social medias are JoeKent16, J-A-N-1-9, uh, and JoeKentForCongress.com, again, is the website. Warren Posse, you got you to gotta pile in. Joe Kent, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Natalie. We got Ben Burkwam, Todd Bensman, I think maybe even Mike Lindell. How's that for the three musketeers joining us later? Uh, make sure, though, in the meantime, you go to warroom.org. I have a lot of stories, at least doing my best to piece together all of the money laundering operations going on in Ukraine. How all of these people with shady ties to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Burisma seem to be on the up and up and on the upside of a lot of your taxpayer dollars when it comes to Ukraine aid. I've never liked that term very much because let's call it what it is. Foreign bribery payments that we, the taxpayers, are subsidizing because Hunter Biden just had to sit on the board of Burisma. But, well, maybe I'm being uh, a pawn of Putin, as some Democrat congressman would say. I don't think so. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. Welcome back to the War Room. As we were saying, intentional weakness invites aggression, not just geopolitically, but frankly, financially, too. That's why you have to take your economic agency into your own hands, get the information that they certainly don't want you to have. According to Joe Biden, the economy is in a great, great state. He actually tweeted, I think it 
think two hours ago as Americans are being held hostage and the world is going up in flames and he's calling lids uh, before noon, I think 1123 to be exact. He's tweeting about what his administration or sorry, regime is doing to help make sure that you don't get scammed when you buy concert tickets. Um, so that's where their priorities lie. Um, I don't think that that's on the forefront of most Americans' minds right now. I may be mistaken, but if you want to really get, I would say, financially, economically literate, you got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the end of the dollar empire. I think we're already on the fourth iteration of it. Hopefully we don't have to write the fifth one, uh, in current times, but the way it's looking, we just might. Um, speaking of intentional weakness, inviting aggression, there's probably no better poster child for that. Maybe it's a toss up between Mark Milley, um, and Alejandro Mayorkas, um, who should be impeached if we had a serious, uh, House of Representatives, but unfortunately we don't. Um, but someone who is tracking the evils of Mayorkas, uh, every day in and out is, of course, none other than Ben Burkwam, who I think we have live from the border. So Ben, I think we actually may have time to play um, the clip, the footage that you you have. But before we get to that, I would love for you to just walk through um, specifically the NGO angle, what you saw happening today, where you are, just kind of give us the rundown. Well, I'm I'm in uh, just outside of San Ysidro near the Playas, uh, uh, the beach on the U.S. side. I was on the Mexico side, Playas Tijuana earlier today. Started, though, at the uh, at the uh, Ped West. It's the pedestrian crossing point the uh, for for uh, civilians, for pedestrians crossing the port of entry, San, San Ysidro. That facility is entirely closed down now to American citizens and to Mexican citizens. To anyone em entering America or legally, it's closed down. And I, I think we have some of the footage. Uh, while I was there, two buses showed up, and these are the buses for the CBP-1 applicants. These buses come in, they pick up, they actually are operated through uh, Jewish Family Services out of San Diego. These buses are the only ones that are allowed into this facility now, and they go in every single day. I saw three buses while I was there go in. They go in, they pick up. Jewish Family Services is the, the one who got the contract here in San Ysidro. So this facility is shut down to American citizens, but it's wide open to illegal aliens that we're inviting in. And you talk about sad irony. It's Jewish Family Services that are inviting this in. I just got a report yesterday. I was down in Lukeville, Arizona, and they said massive numbers from Syria are coming across as well. So you're talking about inviting in the very thing that happened in Israel by an organization that is supposed to be representing the Jewish community in San Diego. I just came down the, the border. I left that location. I came down. We went across to Tijuana with uh, Oscar Blue, my, my partner on the Mexico side. And as we were driving, noticed a large group, about 300 in the river. There were 300 illegals, mostly from West Africa, some from the Middle East as well. L uh, large numbers from Yemen and from uh, uh, Chechnya here in, in Tijuana as well. This is footage that we shot down there this morning. So this is happening now as we speak. If I turn the camera, actually that location is just down the river, down the Tijuana, Tijuana River. Right behind me is another camp. Now, I got footage from this on the Mexico side as well, about 300 people here. They are staged behind me. These are a bunch of leftist NGOs that have set up here, basically aiding and abetting the cartels. Everybody that is in this, every, all of the tents that you see behind me, behind the wall, that is in between. There's a double layer wall here. 
in between the U.S. and Mexico. Technically, they're already in the United States. They've all come across. They've all paid the cartels to do it. And then you have the same leftist NGOs that are here providing food and water and hygiene and everything else to the people that are coming into our country illegally. Now, these aren't the CBP-1. These are people that simply want to come in illegally. And you see some of the footage. That was footage from the Mexico side shooting down into this. And they not only provide food and, and blankets and that sort of thing, they also provide legal advice. So you have American citizens over here aiding and abetting, wow. teaching people how to break our immigration law, inviting them in as Israel's being attacked we are being set up for a similar attack in America, and it's because of the enemies within our own country. They're inviting this into our country. They always said diversity is our strength. I just didn't think they meant that in terms of what kind of sleeper cells we were going to be having uh, embedded in this country, uh, probably That's pledging exactly their right. allegiance to attack us from, <laughs> from within. Ben, let's roll that clip. Denver, if we have it, let's, let's go. Hey guys, we're down here in Tijuana. I just came across with Oscar to show you all of the footage we've been getting uh, on the U.S. side of the border. Now we're coming to the Mexico side of the border. And you can see off in the distance behind us, we have a group of approximately 200 mostly African illegals that just crossed the canal, the river, the Tijuana River from Tijuana. Now they're waiting on the San Ysidro side. This is happening every single day. Oscar, talk to us about this. This is not the only spot, but it's happening every day. It's several spots, but this has been uh, one of the most uh, massive crossings during the last week, the last two weeks, actually. 300 every day, they rush through this particular road, highway, and they cross dangerously uh, through cars and through a freeway. And then they cross through this canal and they deliver themselves into this uh, open border gap, 300, 200, 300, uh, you know, per day. Uh, up in the mountains, you will see another migrant camp that is located around 100 and 150 migrants that they're waiting also over there. Another migrant camp on top of the, uh, the mountain of the wall that we have walked. Uh, there's around 150 that they have been located right there. And there is the beach area that I talked to one of the border agents and he was telling me that every day it is 300 per people that they're jumping the wall and then they're asking for political asylum or refugee uh, into the American authorities. Roughly, you're talking about 1,000 to 1,200 per day. Plus, the director of immigration right here of the shelters has said that there is located around 14 to 15,000 migrants that they are waiting for the CBP app. The majority of them are bringing economy, that is what he said, to the hotels, to Airbnbs. And the ones that they're bringing economy of hotels and Airbnbs, Ben, is the entities from Russia. Migrants from Russia are the ones that they're bringing a lot of economy to the city on renting uh, hotels and Airbnbs. This is a whole new industry. It's a whole new industry. It's now, a whole new industry. Myrka said they were going to be stopping it after Title 42. Uh, has Is he telling the truth or is he lying? Well, it's, he's absolutely lying. We've been in the Darien Gap. We have seen hundreds of thousands. It is not hundreds of thousands now. It is millions that they're pouring in into the United States of America. It's an unstoppable force. It is overwhelming the American authorities. Uh, it is really uh, sad to see how authorities from the United States as Border Patrol agents, they're just standing there and they're just processing until, you know, they have weakening that great institution into a processing institution. Last question. We just saw the attacks, the terrorist attacks in Israel. We just saw the terrorist attacks in Israel by Hamas. Uh, now we're seeing Syrians come across. How big do you think the threat is for terror in America? It's huge. 
It's huge because we've seen in, in, the, in the Darien Gap that we saw a lot of people from the Middle East that they were coming. Uh, and we're seeing right here on the city of Tijuana, a lot of people from the Middle East also arriving. I'm not generalizing that every single individual has, uh, you know, uh, that label of a person that it can cause problems, but we don't know, Ben. It's exactly, it, it's, it's exactly the problem that we don't have a filter on the southern border of Mexico. There's no filter absolutely in the, in the border with the United States and uh, with Mexico, and that is the biggest problem. The reality of what's happening down here, Real America's Voice News, Ben Burkwam, Oscar Blue Ramirez, Law and Border. We're going to head down to the beach and see what's happening down there. Stay tuned. Much more. Sponsored by Patriot Mobile, promo code RAV, patriotmobile.com, promo code RAV. And you got to get sat phones when the grid goes down. You don't have your cell phones. Sat, RAVSAT.com, the satellite phone store, RAVSAT.com. Stay tuned. You're having a beach day, Ben? No, I'm just kidding. You work harder than <laughs> I wish. anyone. I, wish. I know. It's not, <laughs> ben, if, if, if it's people... not the beach you want to go to. It's sewage. <laughs> it's raw sewage from the Tijuana River. You do not want to swim in it. Fitting. Um, ben, if people want to get more content like that, follow you, stay up to date with everything you're, you're doing, working on traveling, where can they go? Well, stay tuned. I'll be with Carrie Lake tomorrow uh, in uh, up in Scottsdale. So we're heading from here. We're going to stop back in Lukeville on the way. Uh, as the, if you haven't seen the videos from Lukeville that we posted yesterday and today, you have to check those out. My social media, at Ben Burkwam on everything, last name B-E-R-G-Q-U-A-M, uh, posts on our stories at frontlineamerica.com and then americasvoice.news. And our newest episode of Law & Border will be airing this Saturday on americasvoice.news. Thank you, sir. Stay safe. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. And I think we got Todd Bensman by by phone. Um, you did right. I think it's America's covert bo border war. It has to do with the jihad that is being waged in this country. And before I get your take on, there's been a lot of discussion about sleeper cells and what the, you know, what is a ticking time bomb, right? Potentially going on when you see who's been entering this country, I would argue, invading. Um, but they have the numbers um, from the various fiscal years of how many people who are on FBI's terror watch list, not the MAGA grandmas, the, the actual terror watch list, um, and how, who, how many of them have been breaching the southern border in fiscal year 7, 2017. It was two. 2018, it was six. 2019, it was zero. 2020, it was three. 21, it was 15. 2022, it was 98. And this year, so far, 151. Todd Bensman, if you could sort of sort of walk us through why we've seen such a ridiculous skyrocket in, in those cases of people on the terrorist watch list crossing into the border. But more importantly, I think if anyone could answer the question about the likelihood of these, you know, so-called sleeper cells or just the probability of people who have these terrorist ties turning violent, um, do you think that that actually is a serious, credible threat? Well, I'll tell you what I told, what I just told Congress last month when I testified about terrorist travel over the southern border to the Judiciary Subcommittee. Uh, this period that we're in of a collapsing mass migration crisis has taken as a casualty programs, counterterrorism programs that had largely kept that threat in check, that had kept Americans safe. I wrote a book about this. I have the, uh, the distinction, I guess, of having written the only book that ex ex 
expressly only about terrorist infiltration over the southern border. It's called America's Covert Border War. And I document in that book what these programs are and how they've kept us safe so far. And as I testified to Congress last month, those programs are now null and void. They have been completely corrupted and degraded to the point that they are no longer viable. Uh, and so my assessment was, is, is, was and is that we are at a very high risk of terror attack from the southern border for a lot of reasons besides the fact that our counterterrorism protections are degraded and non, non-working at this point. They're basically sidelined. Um, that has to do with the fact that more than 45% of everybody reaching that southern border is from 160 countries other than Mexico and Central America, including every nation of the Middle East, and that we are letting them in unvetted. We can't vet them at all. And so we're just processing them in along with with Central Americans and everybody else. And that is a a recipe for terror attack in the United States. It just is. It is what it is. Uh, Where where Ben is right now, uh, crossing into Tijuana, there is a Muslim-only migrant shelter right there within sight of the wall. So many Muslims are coming through. They have a demand that... For a, a Muslim migrant Todd, can you, there. Can yeah. you stay with us? Can you stay with us through the break? Because I'd love to drill down on that. Again, the the enemy is within. I know it's cliche, but it's not just true right now. I think it's unfortunately getting truer every day. We got Todd Benzman, Mike Lindell after this break. We'll be right. For war room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. 
Welcome back to the war room. It's a sad day when the Biden regime has really given more economic and financial assistance to terrorists in Palestine than they have the American people in East Palestine. It's a perfect juxtaposition to show you how America last Joe Biden is and how he does not care about you, your pocketbooks, your finances, which is why you got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the end of the dollar empire to basically make Joe Biden irrelevant so you know what you're doing financially. And if you read the book, you'll basically know everything that they don't want you to know. I'm sure it's full of misinformation and conspiracy theories and disinformation and everything. That means it's good, it's correct, and it's true. Um, Todd Benson, before we let you go, I'd love if you could just pick up where you left off talking about how there are specific centers set up for for Muslim migrants and we're not vetting them and we're just letting them in the country with some like you know pokemon go app <laughs> yeah well um <laughs> it's true in, in tijuana right where uh ben is crossing uh and oscar are working is a, a muslim migrant shelter the first one in mexico and it's been in in operation for about a year and a half i visited it in november uh, did a big video report and print report on that center asking national security questions about it. Uh, I saw Chechens there, uh, Somalis, uh, people from all the stands, you know, Uzbekistan, uh, Pakistan, uh, everybody uh, from the uh, Middle East is going through there, Afghanistan, etc. And the question to be asked there was, you know, what sort of uh, intelligent U.S. intelligence and law enforcement interest has there been in that uh, center? And this was in November, so things could have changed uh, since then. Uh, it had been in operation for seven or eight months, and the director of the center said nobody had ever once reached out to her. Uh, she had material on everybody who's ever been at that center. Uh, she'd be happy to hand it over to anybody who asked. She doesn't want terrorists coming through or using her facility. Um, and, uh, but nobody either on the Mexican side or the American side had ever reached out to her and that their job was to mainly help these, um, Muslim migrants from all over the Middle East cross using the CBP one interface interface, uh, to be brought in over the bridges. But a lot of them just chose not to use that. And they, they would just use it as a way station wow. to hire smugglers and go over illegally and run. Uh, so uh, I hope that Ben, I think Ben is going to do something with that uh, pretty soon with that Muslim migrant center. But the point is, is that we have the highest number of terrorists on the FBI watch list, suspected terrorists uh, crossing the American border. You, you went through the numbers there. Those are astounding numbers. Those are yeah. absolutely stunning. Uh, and I, I, if I have a, a minute, I would say one more thing to keep your eye on for the war room. And that is Hezbollah real quick. Yes. Operative, and then we got to We got to go. Hezbollah operatives inside the United States, Unit 910, Google my name, Todd Benzman and Unit 910. And you'll see all of my reports on on that. They are clandestine agents in American cities armed to the teeth with target lists already drawn up, waiting for orders from from Tehran. Uh, if things really blow on the northern wow. border in Israel and we help, uh, watch out for Unit 910. 
And I don't want to hear any claims from the Biden regime that it was an intelligence failure because Todd Bensman has been talking about this for months, if not years. Todd, real quick, if people want to follow you and everything, where can they go? Right. I'm on X, uh, Bensman Todd at X. And I'm also on Getter, Todd Bensman Getter and Truth Social. And you can read all my stuff at toddbensman.com. I work for the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. Uh, all my stuff is there, too. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And I think we got the one and only Mike Lindell. He's always hard to try to decide what you want to talk to him about because every article for every publication, it always somehow loops back to him. And they're, they're obsessed with you, Mike. I think I think they all secretly have crushes on you. But... Give us the latest on the fight, the saga that is you against really the world, but you against the mainstream media. How is the company doing? Do you have any specials for the war room audience? Yeah, well, real quick, I want to answer one question. Everyone's been asking me, Mike, with these attacks, are you still moving forward to to secure our elections? We absolutely are, everybody. Check that out at LindaleEvent.com, LindaleEvent.com. We're going to secure our elections no matter what. And, uh, as far as the company, everyone at the War Room, you guys have helped out so much. The War Room Posse, is, as you know, we're all over the news right now. Attacks on my call center, American Express canceling us. And uh, uh, we, have, we have lawyers we had to drop because we can't, um, I, we can't afford to pay a couple million dollars in lawyer bills anymore. So we're passing to get our volume up and to get people to make sure we don't lose any employees and they're busy. All these specials, you go to mypillow.com. Go to the down to the War Room Square, and you'll see everything on sale there. You got uh, you got the My Pillow 2.0, the Queens for thirty nine ninety nine, the King size just five dollars more. Those slippers, that's an exclusive War Room special. They're normally on sale for forty nine ninety eight. We took another ten dollars off. We have the My Pillow six pack towel set thirty nine ninety nine, and there's the My Store. Everybody, this is all the USA entrepreneurs helping out them too. That they. They need help right now, too, during this time. We've got the biggest bed sheet sale ever. The kitchen towels, 25% off. 80% off we're doing to get rid of the overstock to make room for the products we manufacture 100% in the USA, which is that MyPillow mattress topper, the beds, the MyPillow beds, you guys. These beds, the best beds you will ever sleep on. Remember, every product I produce or that we um, reverse engineer, how is it gonna help you get great sleep? I sleep on those MyPillow mattress topper every single night. If you have an old bed, a new bed, doesn't matter, it will change your life. And uh, we also have a uh, my call center, you know my call center, they work off commission all across our country. They've been under attack to try and say, oh, you can't work from home on commission anymore. This is a full-blown attack on my pill. You can help them out. I don't know if we have the phone number there, the, uh, um, but you, you can call them. There it is right there, everybody. 800-873-1062. 800-873-1062. You, they are so confident that you guys we have to We so got to let you go. But I'm sure the Warren Posse will pile in. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go to LindellEvent.com to look at all the ways Mike is helping to secure our elections. If only our elected officials cared that much about not just securing elections, but securing our southern border so we don't have another terrorist attack or just an attack in general. See, we'll be back tomorrow. I think he's back for the 6 p.m. show, but we'll be back definitely 10 a.m. 
Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.